0: In the previous episode of Enterprise Architecture Radio, we talked about thinking in systems and then I drifted a little bit into philosophy. But it did get me into thinking. Enterprise architecture is definitely about business, data, applications and technology. Enterprise architecture is definitely about the effective and efficient management of systems uh, that drives the maximum value for the organization. But I don't want to ignore a very critical aspect of enterprise architecture, which is people. And I have covered this in one of my previous episodes, uh, where I've covered stakeholder management and, uh, and and politics. But I wanted to give it a little bit of a twist this time, keeping in mind systems thinking. So many years ago, I got my first introduction to office politics when I was working with Microsoft. I was a programmer then well uh, a technical architect and a programmer and 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 I was naive when it comes to people uh, I had just started my career a couple of years ago and I was unaware of the people aspect of enterprises and organizations and I complained a lot that uh, you know there are design decisions that are being taken uh, without uh, everyone being informed in the middle of the night and I was not very happy and long story short i left that organization because i was not comfortable with the political environment that it had now when i look back many years later i come to realize that it wasn't really a you know toxic environment that i that i labeled it as it's just that it was my understanding that was not sufficient about the environment it was my understanding that was lacking when it came to the people within the organization and it was I who was a failure rather than the organization itself and this happens many times because we don't have a complete understanding of the of the system and that's that's what brings me to system thinking in my previous podcast I talked about us having linear minds and not having a complete understanding of the system and I wanted to elaborate a little bit on that so human beings are by default designed in such way or we've evolved in such a way that we have a linear system of thinking now we don't see the entire complete picture at all times in fact our understanding of the systems around us increases with 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 our experience with over a period of time as we learn more and more and that's what you call a feedback circle and i'll talk about feedback loops um, some other day But think of it like this. A line is a single-dimensional shape. It is bound by two zero-dimensional shapes called points. In fact, a point is a zero-dimensional shape. Uh, It's a line with zero length. So uh, it's a zero-dimensional shape. And a line is a one-dimensional shape, right? And a square or a rectangle is a two-dimensional shape shape what that means is when you uh, add a perpendicular line to the line uh, what you have is two dimensions and then when you close that loop it becomes a square or a rectangle so a square is a two-dimensional shape which has two dimensions there's a length and then there's a breadth and then when you add the third dimension to the square it becomes a cube right now one thing to note is that the third dimension is perpendicular to the two dimensions. All the three dimensions are p- perpendicular to each other. So when you add one more dimension to the square, the new line has to be perpendicular to the length as well as to the breadth. All of them are at 90 degrees from each other. And that is what a third dimension is. Now, is there a fourth dimension? Um, Einstein postulated for the first time that time happens to be the fourth dimension so the cube that we just drew uh, would be the same cube tomorrow and was the same cube yesterday so it travels through time we are all three-dimensional or four-dimensional beings that travel front and back in length side to side in breadth up and down in height and the fourth dimension is time we travel through time right is there a fifth dimension what do you think We don't know that. Uh, It's very much possible that there is a fifth dimension that is perpendicular to all these four dimensions. But I would like to believe, and that's what all uh, physicists say, is that we are four-dimensional beings. So it is impossible for us to really perceive the fifth dimension. But forget about the fifth dimension for a moment. Even if you think about the fourth dimension, as we go through life, um, we don't really perceive the passage of time. We just, you know, go to office come back you know do our sports do our watch our television and time goes by and we don't really on a day to day basis notice the existence of time we are impervious to it in fact even the length breadth and the height we are practically impervious to it we don't understand all the dimensions of the systems there are dimensions that we ignore right and it is necessary because our brains are uh, designed in such a way that we only focus on things which are absolutely necessary to us absolutely in front of us um, and that's how we are right now systems are multi-dimensional there are many dimensions to a system there are many aspects about the system that we do not understand right when a construction architect builds a building he builds models And the models are designed in such a way that it abstracts many dimensions of the building. So they create a layout diagram and a perspective diagram and a cardboard model to show the buyer of the house what he's going to get once the systems are built. And and, and models are really cheap representations of the system like I talked to you about um, in my previous podcast. Cheap representations because if I built the entire house and show the customer that this is your house and if they don't like it, uh, it's a very expensive affair. They'll have to break the house down and rebuild it. So what do we do? We create a cheap model, a, a model that represents the house, but abstracts many aspects of the house, um, only to show what the, what the, what the viewer needs to see. A plumber will not care about a layout diagram and a perspective diagram and a, and a cardboard model. What you would really care about is the, the sanitation model. How is he going to build the plumbing? Uh, And our electrical engineer will not care about the layout diagram or the plumbing diagram. He would care about the wiring diagram. How does he need to set the wiring for the systems, for the house? So every stakeholder or every person who is involved with the system only cares about what they need to build or they need to be involved with. Uh, So systems are multidimensional and no single person has a full perspective of everything that the system has, right? We only look at systems uh, aspects of the system that we care about. And that's that's why um, we can't see the whole system. And we don't need to, really. So what does how does this knowledge help us? How does this knowledge help us that there are multiple dimensions of a system and that we can't see everything? It helps because it opens up our perspective. Uh, knowing that there are other dimensions that we are not able to see, there are other aspects of the system that we are not able to see, helps us have a humility that there might be things that we don't understand yet. People are multidimensional. And this is what I talked about in the stakeholder management um, episode as well, that we mustn't assume that everybody that we know at work comes to work only for the benefit of the organization. Everybody has a personal aspect to them. You know, somebody plays sports, somebody enjoys watching movies, somebody enjoys reading and everybody is a unique individual based on the kind of upbringing that they have their childhood their uh, their ethnicity etc etc right they also have their personal preferences about what they want out of life what they want out of work and when they come to work they don't just come to work because they want to benefit the organization they come to work for various reasons somebody comes to work because they want enjoy going on vacation somebody comes to work because they uh, they love what they're doing. Somebody comes to work because they want to grow the hierarchy. Somebody who comes to work for money. And so when I say is there politics in the organization, of course, there are biases, I'm going to say biases that um, that I'm going to say help an individual to make decisions about work. Right. And when somebody sees a decision that is not in their favor, or somebody sees a decision that they cannot understand, they say there is politics within the organization. For example, there has been a layoff and there has been a promotion. The person who gets laid off is going to say that um, that there's politics in the organization, that the person who got promotion and I were doing the same kind of work, we were equally talented, and still a decision was taken where I was laid off and the other person uh, sort of got a promotion, but there are so many other aspects of that decision that everybody does not understand. Sometimes there is a large-scale layoff where a large number of people are laid off, and if you look at the statistics, you'll come to realize that there is a specific organization, a specific department, where twenty percent of the people were laid off, which was a much higher number than all other all, all other departments. So there could be a perception created that you know, there was some kind of a bias or there was some politics that was done because the head of the department did not really do well or, or gel well with the senior leadership team and and because of that, he had to bear the brunt. But it might very well be possible that this department was really not doing well. It was not meeting its numbers and um, and and it was because of it, because of the head of the department's good relationship with the, the senior leaders that this decision was delayed by three years probably this decision was already taken three years ago and people would have laid off long back but it was because of his good relationships with the leadership team that this decision was delayed so while the people might think that there is politics it's really uh, you know there are so many other moving parts within the organization that affect every decision that is taken so so when you encounter politics understand that systems, organizations, people, everything is multidimensional. We may not understand the decision today, but there's a good chance that we may be able to understand it better. We might not agree with the decision for various reasons. We might not uh, have the complete information because of which, and I'm not saying that the leadership team is always right, right? There are times when they are wrong. There are times when um, um, there are real biases, Right. But you also have to understand that people are multidimensional and the biases, every single human being that lives and breathes has biases. Some biases are good. Some biases are bad. Some biases help us in taking good decisions. Other biases help make our decisions wrong, which which may affect the number of people who may think there is politics. So I'm just giving you a different twist to office politics and, um, and and the responsibilities that the leadership team has one way of creating a perception that there is less politics in this organization is that the leaders uh, communicate with the people uh, within the organization they talk about the reasoning behind the decisions they uh, create an environment of transparency which enables the people to understand the decisions which essentially reduces the perception that there is politics within the organization i hope you've enjoyed this podcast talk to me what do you think about this podcast? Talk to me on uh, LinkedIn. Talk talk to me on my Telegram group. Reach out to me. I am very easy to find. Uh, enterprise Architecture Radio is on YouTube now. Uh, have fun. That's all I have for you today, folks. I hope you enjoy the show. More about organizational agility, innovation, and enterprise architecture in the practical world, in the business, right here on the show. But before I end the show, I want you to help me out with this one little thing. Pause the show and share this podcast via WhatsApp or text message with at least one person who might be interested in the show. It could be anyone, your colleague, your boss, someone in your team. That's all I ask. Just one share with one message via text or WhatsApp or any social media of your choice. And it would go a long way in supporting this podcast and growing this listener base. Also, please don't forget to follow the podcast. That way, you'll get notified when we publish a new episode. If you want to find out more about us, you can find us at EnterpriseArchitectureRadio.com. If you have ideas, thoughts, disagreements, please feel free to write to me directly. Uh, we also have a Telegram group if you would like to contribute to the EA discussions or what have you. Just search for Enterprise Architecture Radio on Telegram. Or the URL to join the group is https colon t.me slash While our contact details are there in the show notes, we are very easy to find. Just search for Enterprise Architecture Radio anywhere. Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, even Discord. Once again, I hope you had fun and I'll see you in the next one.